What's up, fam? This is Tommy Runs, and this is the Run, Eat, Sleep show. Uh, today's Friday, so today is none other than sleep or recovery, and we're going to talk to uh, Kyrie. She is from Connected Fitness. She actually is Connected Fitness. She's the CEO and and owner and all that good stuff, and she's doing some really great things for a lot of people here in the metro Detroit area, and she's also virtual, too, so jump in on those opportunities to meet your fitness goals. I, th- I hear she's got some really cool things coming for in the beginning of uh, 2021 so tune in and tap in with her uh, please check out this episode it's actually really great we went through a few things and my suggestion for this one is we did a lot of uh, visual things so please head over to um, at chip time running um, Instagram page and check out the live uh, the IG live video there it'll be in the IGTV uh, area or section or on the main page as well so check that out because we did a lot of or she did a lot of um, you know, tutorials and examples really of how to do the workouts and how to do the exercises. So it was a very visual episode. So if you're driving, don't watch it. If you are sitting still and have a moment, jump over to Instagram, follow Chip Time Running, uh, and then check out that video. It's really great. It's really awesome. I'm actually been uh, going back to look at it to make sure that I'm doing things right. So enjoy the episode. Uh, follow Kyrie. Um, let's get it, guys. What's up, guys? This is Tommy Runs, and this is the Run, Eat, Sleep show. Uh, this is the first time I've stood up in the podcast or in the show so far, so please forgive me. I'm going to probably move around a lot. Today is a recovery day, so recovery um, is super important. Obviously, we need to make sure that we stay strong, stay healthy, stay fit, uh, and then make sure we're able to bounce back, make sure we're strong in the right spot so our running form is correct. Um, just We have to be you know, all about the whole picture. We can't just wake up, run. We can't just get off of work, sit down for hours and hours, and then just run. We need to make sure that we're recovering properly, and part of recovery is prepping properly. So I've heard people say before, like prehab over rehab, which just means do all the stuff ahead of time, pre. Then make sure you're not having to rehab. Rehab kind of sucks. Trust me, I know. I was just rehabbing for like two months or something, or three. It was like July to, it felt like forever. That's all I'm saying. So today, 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 we have Kari, Coach Kari from uh, Connected Fitness. Uh, She's going to be joining us. Um, So I'm stalling right now. Hello, hello. Please come in. Have a seat, because I'm not. I'm going to be standing up this whole time. Hopefully, uh, we'll get a chance for her to show me how to do a couple things. Um, And do not laugh if I'm not as flexible as you think I should be. Um, What's up, Tito? How's it going, brother? Stay here for a little while. We need some visitors. We need friends to be watching this. And please, once we get to the point where we are doing workouts and things like that with her, um, join in. You know, post your phone up. Do some stretches with us. What's up, Adela? Kari is on her way, and I'm happy to have her on the show. Um, Just waiting on her to get here. So, And the good thing about today is uh, Kari is actually at the gym where she operates and handles her business, Connected Fitness. Uh, So we're actually going to see her in her own element, which is going to be kind of cool. So let's just stall a few more minutes. Somebody talk to me. Whoever this one person is, it's like one person there. Just talk to me. What's up? What's going on? Did you run today? Whoever this is. Um, If you didn't, why not, man? Is it rest day? Today's my rest day. So if if it's your rest day, then, you know, it's all good. So... Um, here's the, the fun part. Do we wait or do we go? I can't go without her, so we'll just wait a little bit longer. Um, sorry guys. Oh, this thing is actually reflective, reflective. I like that. Um, yeah, who's there? This one, one person there. Oh, hello. How are you? Did you run today already? Hey, Coach Kari. There we go. Here we go. This is when the fun begins. All right, Kari, I'm inviting you. There we go. And she's been invited. Today is the recovery day. It's the Run, Eat, Sleep show. And look at this. We are in a gym. A 5K race tomorrow. Nice. How do you feel? Are you ready to go? Hey. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? 
guess I gotta back up. At first, I had the whole screen to myself, and now I'm like, I'm cut off here. How's it going? Oh. I should probably sit out. Hold on one second. I'll get, I'll get a chair too. All right. So how's it going? It's going pretty good. Just finished a day of training. Good, good. So, uh, so where are we sitting right now? Are we, are we in? We're in your gym right now. Yes, you are finding the strength and conditioning coach in her natural habitat. I'm in the gym. Okay, cool, cool. So, um, so, so, t tell me a little bit um, about yourself. I know you fairly well. So, but the, for the people that are watching here that don't know you or would like to get to know you a little bit more, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Hi, everyone. I'm Coach Kyrie. I am the sole owner and lead strength and conditioning coach for Connected Fitness. And here at Connected Fitness, we focus on improving your overall performance by reducing pain injury prevention, increasing overall strength and conditioning, and increasing your quality of life. So um, through different techniques, you know, fitness in general, I help you to connect with your best self through fitness. All right, cool, cool. So, so when did you start Connected Fitness? Like how long are we, are we, is, are we in the beginning stages here? Are we a few years in? What's going on? Yes, um, I started Connected Fitness actually in May of this year. Nice. I have been a strength and conditioning coach for three years overall, though, but yep. I just re recently went into um, more of a sole proprietorship, and I've been basically building my program from the ground up. Okay, okay, so tell me, um, you know, like May of this year, you know, obviously you were fully in, like, the pandemic at that time. Um, what, I'm really interested to hear, like, what made you start a company? Like, because if you were, you were doing this for a few years already, so, I mean, you could have stayed where you were. Um, but what made you say, take the leap and say, oh, I'm going to start now, like, in May of this year? Because 2020 has been the year where everybody's sitting around saying, you know, like, I can't wait for the year to be over. Um, and then you said, nah, let, let's make this year a little longer. Let's jump in. Well, what made you do that? That's awesome, though. I mean, because um, I'm, I'm sure that that the spirit that it takes to say like, hey, you know, take a leap during a time when most people were kind of worried about, you know, staying still and just kind of covering, you know, um, covering their bases and making sure that they weren't, you know, vulnerable. Uh, the, the strength that it takes you to do that, I would assume, would translate to, um, you know, the energy that you put into your clients and uh, in the way that they feel. Because, like, I mean, I've watched... You know, over the last year or over the last few months, um, I've watched videos and things that you've posted, you know, uh, with your group classes in the summertime um, and all these other things. And like just the looks on people's faces, uh, you know, during your classes and things just shows that, you know, they trust you with the process, but then they feel comfortable as well. Because, um, you know, since you've been doing this for a few years, like what about... Um, you know, it, it it can be tough. I think for some people to step out of their step out of their comfort zone and come to someone like you. But what could you tell people to set to say to kind of ease that that pain when because you know, like some people, I'd rather just stay at home and I'd rather just 
do it by myself or figure it out some other way. Why would you say, you know, hey, come to the gym, come to Connected Fitness because here's how we'll here's how we'll move forward. Um, so some inspiration that I would give people is also kind of like why um, I I, ha- I chose to call Connected Fitness mm-hmm. Connected Fitness, and I also integrated it where it's Connected Fitness with a K. Is that you have the opportunity to, to kind of step outside of your comfort zone, but also um, I wanted to create an environment that allowed people to kind of build that comfort and yeah. find inspiration within themselves. Um, I will share with you, as a strength and conditioning coach, that was a, a different phase in my life. Um, I happened to, you know, just being completely transparent, I happened to have a master's and a bachelor's in exercise science, but that was not what made me exercise. Yeah. What made me exercise was quite a few different things. One, um, I got to a point where um, I did not like not necessarily being active. And I would say that one thing that kept me for so long from wanting to go to the gym and wanting to exercise is I didn't really know what I was doing. You know, So I definitely can um, identify with that. Um, Outside of that, offer different options that allow people to find where they feel comfortable and what niche they feel comfortable in. Mm. Um, I, while I was creating more so the business structure and just deciding what type of services for Connected Fitness to offer, um, and also with a little help too, you know, I've always had like feedback from different friends mm. and things that helped me to really zone in on what do people want. So um, I offer both group sessions as well as one-on-one individual sessions. Um, I will not say that there's necessarily a difference in the quality of training. It's more so the comfort of the person. Right. Some people, they like more of the team environment, and then some, some people, they just like to um, have the direct direction from me and have an isolated session. Um, session. Then outside of that, I also do virtual sessions outside of in-person. So I know with the pandemic and things like that, mm-hmm. that's a comfort comfort level thing but um the inspiration or the motivation that i would pass along to people who are looking to start a fitness uh journey is that getting started is the hard part Mm. um from my personal experience getting started was the hard part but once you have the ball rolling and you have the support and you honestly if you have the guidance and the guesswork is taken out of it it allows you to just really focus on the experience and what you want to get out of it yeah, I mean, because I, I, I like the fact that you have, you know, many options for people because, um, but then at the same time, like you started this business at a perfect time to need options, you know, because, you know, let's, if you launched last year sometime, maybe you wouldn't have, you wouldn't be as flexible as you are now. I mean, because you started with the, with the concept of, okay, we need to do this outside, we need space, we need spread out areas, we need virtual options, you know what I'm saying? And so many other, I think fitness, I'm sure everybody has it, you know, has virtual options, obviously, but you started in a time when it was absolutely necessary. So um, you kind of built your company around uh, the needs of the pandemic, which actually work out for a lot of people because they're saying like, hey, you know, I don't feel comfortable in a group or face to face, but I really want to get this thing going. Um, And so they're getting the same type of quality that they would if they, you know, if they were in a group class or a one-on-one, which is really great because some people just don't want to get, you know, they don't want to, they feel embarrassed or they feel weird or they feel like they're doing it wrong. So they don't want to be seen. Um, but then some people, like you said, want to be in a group, you know, because, you know, the groups feel good sometimes. Like it feels cool to look next to you and see somebody else sweating harder than you are, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, so, so, so talk to me about, because I met you through, you mentioned We Run 313, uh, which is uh, one the, the dopest running group in uh, Michigan. Um, but uh, so. In the world. In the world. Okay. In the world. We're yeah. taking the world. All right. My bad. My bad. My bad. Because, yeah, so if we. So I met you. I met you through that, and it's definitely through running, you know. And everything that I've seen you do was about running, and except, you know, when I'd see you like on Instagram or whatever, and it would show you more of like, you know, in the group sessions, just for like strength training and mobility. Um, let's talk to some of the runners here. Like, what um, what are some things that you feel that like the average runner 
kind of needs to kind of focus on to prevent uh, maybe not injury per se, but, you know, kind of get them going in the right direction? What are some things like areas we need to work on? Okay. Um, okay. Before I even kind of jump into that, mm-hmm. I want to kind of set the stage. Let's do so it. So every movement you want to think about, like how your body moves when you are running. Mm-hmm. So um, there's going to be some aspects I might have to change my camera angle because I think I'm going to stand up. Okay, all right. <laughs> but this this is why look this is why I moved to this area because I wanted to be able to be mobile as well. Normally I'm sit I'm sitting down now, but normally I'm like at a desk. But now we're we're going. Let's do this. Do I I don't need to stand up? Do I do I need to stand up? Um, I'm gonna I let you. I'll let you do it. Stand up first. now. Okay. But I kind of just wanted to give everybody a vision. So. Okay. If you think about when you run, it, it's going to be a bit exaggerated, but when you run, for instance, you're going into a flexion and an extension of thoracic rotation, and, you know, it relies a lot on your joints. Also, um, as a runner, we're just, running is a repetitive movement. We don't think about it when we're running, you know, on those long run days. We're not counting how many steps we're taking, how many times our foot is striking the ground, how many times, basically... You know, when our foot strikes the ground, it travels up your leg, through your knee, through your hip. You know, basically the idea of kinetic linking, it goes, the force goes through your whole body. Mm-hmm. So, um, now if you rewind that back, if you think about your foot striking the ground, if you think about the fact that you go into an aspect of thoracic rotation, if you think about the flexion extension of your hip, all that good stuff. Um, mobility is huge when it comes to that. So, yeah. um, think about it if I have a bit of restricted mobility in my upper spine. You know, it's going to affect my running pattern. It's going to affect, honestly, like how well I'm actually able to get into that idea of thoracic rotation. Mm -hmm. Um, Say, for instance, I have a hip restriction. If we're talking about flexion extension of the hip, um, and we talk about stride length, there we go, stride length. Um, If you have a restriction in your hip, you know, you're going to think about stride length and how that kind of affects that. So, mobility. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, um, we don't really talk about it a whole lot, but your core. Yeah. Your core, its main function is to help you to breathe. So, outside of your core, there is, of course, your interior core. You have the lateral portion. You have um, your shoulders, which, I mean, it's, it's your trunk area, but it all relates yeah. to stability. There is an aspect of your pelvis, not so much your hips, that need to be stable. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, strengthening those areas um, assisting running and then um, outside of that the aspect of stability um, I would say that um, just from my experience and um, you know I know when people watch this they'll kind of give their opinion as well um, when you talk about stability specifically um, a lot of times your posterior chain is what gets or and I'll tell you what posterior chain is but your posterior chain gets neglected so that's going to be when we talk about posterior it's the back of your body Mm-hmm. So that means hamstrings, glutes, possibly the aspect of scapular control, which means being able to freely move and control your shoulder blades and things like that. So um, overall, warm-up is key. And I can actually show you all a, a, just a light warm-up or just some movements that you would like to do. But I know this kind of became a long answer. But for runners, we want to do movements that relate to running. Yeah. that are going to surround or be an aspect of mobility, stability, dynamic flexibility, and then we can talk a little bit about functional strength too. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean I, I like the fact that you that you um you go at it, you know, for runners you go at it in more like an all-encompassing approach because you know like if you if you you know if somebody says like hey you need um you need to make sure that your posterior chain is is strong, and then you just go do workouts that you look up that would just be like glute work or hamstring, um, and those are good, obviously. I mean, because it's you know it's better than nothing. But you, you, I like the fact that you're like, hey, we need to just try to mimic as much as possible the motions and the motions of running, um, so that you're building while you're you're creating that that range of motion, that mobility. Um, and then just kind of getting your body used to those same movements over and over. Um, and I'm sure like some of the workouts that you'll show us are probably just like exaggerated motions of the running, pro- you know, of, of a running motion. Um, and so, I mean, so if you want to kind of like uh, show us what 
Um, I, I like, well, let's just take it back to We Run 313 as well, because, okay. so t- talk to me about how important, okay, so I'm, I'm, uh, so I'm new to this, right? So I go outside, um, I'm going to run a couple miles, and so I stand up, and I'm ready to go, and then I just stand here, and I, I do one leg, I do the other leg, I bend over, all that stuff, right? Is that the uh-huh. right thing to do before a run? Is that, do you, are we doing static stretches before a run? No. Um, so, typically, like, as a strength conditioning coach, um, like, I kind of go a little bit more into the methodology and then also, like, um, a lot of the research. So, say, for instance, um, we all grew up more than likely playing sports. We probably all grew up doing static stretching. And so, um, just with that, just quickly, um, research shows in, um, that more dynamic or moving stretching is going to actually prepare your body um in a more um, intricate way mm-hmm. than static stretching because you're taking your joints to the range of motion. So yeah. a lot of the movements that you're going to do during dynamic stretching are going to mimic the activity that you're doing, the moving activity that yeah. you're doing. Now, when it comes to static stretching, um, you're more than you know welcome to do that a lot of times after yeah. as part of your cool down. But as far as prior to your run, your workout, or what have you, you're going to want to do dynamic movements. Yeah, because I mean, I've 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 definitely heard that. I mean, because definitely when I first started running, I was more of like a just you, you're supposed to stretch. Because like you said, we all grow up, you know, in gym class. Like you know, here we go, get this thing going, you know. Um, which I mean, which is fine. Like and, I, and I've heard people say, you know, if if there's certain areas that you you know going into this run you feel are tight, you know, by all means, like do something to kind of loosen that area up. Um, but then go into your go into more of the um, not static, um, you know the motion the motion exercises and things like that um, because just static stretching doesn't actually prep like get your body warmed up at all like you could stretch your hamstring and then run and it's still still cold technically you know like it, you haven't done anything to activate it you know because talk to me like I mean. Like I've heard people say, like um, my glute, my left glute wasn't firing. You know, is I, is that is that because my glute is weak, or is that because I didn't activate it properly before the run, or both? It, I wasn't saying that it could be an aspect of both. Yeah. Um, if if you don't, okay. So I do have a couple of tools here mm-hmm. that I'll talk about as far as like um, what will go with that. Um, warm up or just wanting to activate muscles yeah um i kind of want to bring it from this perspective so um in general as humans just our different lifestyles we tend to be less active and what happens is if say for instance we sit a lot more Mm -hmm. um and when you hold a certain posture for a long time different muscles do become inactive so think about when I'm sitting. I don't think you can see me, but yeah, I can see you. Yep, you're good. Um, if you happen to have like more of a sedentary job, especially one that causes you to be on the computer, what happens is like, say for instance, I'm sitting down, so I'm compressing the muscles that surround my hip. If I'm like, you know, um, doing things on my computer, what yeah. have you, it kind of, it it kind of causes you to go into. Sometimes I say this wrong, but it's scapular. Protection when you pull your pull your shoulder blades together, mm-hmm. whereas you want to kind of bring them into more of a neutral and working position. Mm-hmm. But overall, um, because we are less active, that's what causes us to need to, to do these different preparations. Yeah. So timing yes, um, having things to need to be activated is one aspect of it. And then I guess the other aspect that I would want us to think about is um, when I come from the aspect of working with clients. It doesn't matter if they are my recreational athletes or um, my everyday life athletes, as I like to call them. Um, they will possibly have some muscles that they don't use because we do different movements mm. that take them into different possible planes. Yeah. So um, with running um, and just in general, we tend to move in more of a linear plane, so front yeah. to back, um, versus sagittal or rotational. Mm-hmm. So I have people do different movements that take you through that as well. So if I think about that, um, sometimes your abductors or your adductors, those muscles on yeah. the outside of your hip may yeah. be necessary, I'll say, a bit weaker yeah. because you don't engage them as much. So yeah, it can kind of be both. Yeah, I mean, because just think about like 
you know, if you if you're listening and you have like um, those uh, bands, you know, um, the rubber. Yep, yep. So if you have those and you're listening, throw those around your ankles, right? And then just take some step, like you know, get into your basketball stance or whatever, and take some steps sideways, and then just see how sore you are tomorrow. You know, like that shows you like how infrequently we use certain muscles like that and it just seems crazy that we don't because i mean i'm sure like if like you said we're not sitting all day or whatever and maybe did what you know we were put on this earth to do sometime long ago we may use those muscles you know who knows um but yeah like so so but then about this whole you know not static stretching versus you know actually warming up correctly um Mm -hmm. Would you mind like showing us like just a couple things of some of your favorite kind of like whole body exercises or something like that to get us going? Um, okay, um, I can definitely show you. Um, I have a few tools that I would like to just show you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You take, you take, you take, you take um, it away. I don't know what I'm doing, so you take it away. So one of my my little buddies is a tennis ball. Yep. So with this, um, we'll go through a little bit of soft tissue. But um, typically, I'll use a tennis ball to do what's either called what's called trigger point mm-hmm. for um, either my um, plantar um, fascia or my the bottom of my feet. Mm-hmm. Um, I can also use it like when I have like um, a very kind of like extended type of tightness in different muscles that I would foam roll. Yeah. Um, and that leads me to this. Here's my other buddy, foam what? roller. Yeah. Um, just really quickly about foam rollers. See, this one has a bit more texture. Um, this means that it has more points per pressure per point. So when you have one of these and it has like more like um, of yeah. a texture to it, yeah. it's going to be a bit rough, like rougher with the um, actual like tissue. Yeah. So um, say for instance, if you're new to foam rolling, you might want to get like a flatter one or one that doesn't have as much. Um, yeah, yeah. So so I'll go. You keep going. I'll grab this one I have here. Okay. Yeah. So, um, like, like what's so, so what, you, what you're talking about here? Like, the, this yes, is more of like, perfect, a, like one of those. Yeah, and these are, I mean, and like if I could jump into, these are really cool. Like, you know, especially when you're first getting into it. Um, these, you know, like if, especially if you've never foam rolled before, um, these are really cool to start off with. But then you'll find that like as you get deeper into you know doing them and your body's used to it, like this doesn't this doesn't you know, cut it at all, you know, I mean, not at all, but, you know, uh, on a normal basis, so, yeah, I'm gonna have to upgrade to one of those, I use, like, a, f- a weird foot thing that's meant for your foot, and it's really hard, it's, it kind of sucks, like, it's, it's really, it's, I mean, because it's, yeah. it's almost like a trigger point type of thing, and when you say trigger point, can you explain to me what that means, too, to people that don't know? Yeah, so, trigger point, what happens, oh, so, these two, um, this is more of a soft tissue, uh, like preparation yeah. so it's actually a part of the pre-warm-up or your warm-up um so trigger point what it does um is it will perfume it's it puts pressure on the tissue yeah and it produces it with blood which causes the muscles to relax so before you even go to into mobility or what have you that's why you want to foam roll and or trigger point but it all just depends on the muscle group so uh, this is for more large muscle groups Trigger point is more so for a very like specific area. Yeah. So say for instance, my lats typically get tight. So I may lay on this tennis ball to just put pressure on a particular point in my lat that gets tight. Yeah. Or like um, when you talk about soft tissue, well, you can also use this um, tennis ball for massaging the plantar. I wouldn't necessarily call it trigger point unless it was like a big. Um, more, let's say texture. But if this was harder, yeah, then maybe yeah, like trigger point. But like I've heard, I've heard people um, go by like rac- uh, racket balls. I mean, not racket balls. Um, what's it? Lacrosse balls. Lacrosse balls are like extremely hard, you know. And so, like that's like so, like if you guys start off with like a tennis ball, and then you find that like okay, I need something a little bit you know crazier, then look at check out the lacrosse ball because it's pretty hard and solid. So. say like right now I, I just grabbed this tennis ball because I had one in, in my um in my equipment basket but even with that you always want to 
go with um, a progression. Yeah. So like you were saying before, um, now that you kind of realize that you kind of graduated a little bit with that foam roller, um, it all kind of depends on also the person because some people it's like tolerance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Higher to start with. Yeah. Um, because after a hard workout or a hard run, you may find that you're more sore on some days versus others. Yeah. And foam roller look it will be like. Discom- I would say discomfort will not be comfortable sometimes, but like no. after is when you feel the benefit and where you feel more relaxed. Yeah, and um, and I, so. would you would you say that like foam rolling and stuff like that is like like how important is that like for because for me you know I'm getting ready to do a training block that probably is going to start in like late January through April, end of April. You know, like how important on a one to ten is like having a foam roll situation of some sort and like a trigger point? Um, I would say um, that it would be pretty important Yeah. Um, as far as like taking yourself through the different steps of this warm-up that I'll show you. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that I like to put it to people is that, you know, as a, like a, a runner myself, I know that we all kind of want to get out there and want to get that run done, get the miles in, what have you. But taking the time in the beginning to get all of these, these steps in, so you'll find that foam rolling is going to perfuse the muscles and have them be more relaxed. Going through your mobility um, and your flexibility and all the stuff that we're going to go through yeah. during the run. Once again, we go back to that thoracic extension, hip extension, yeah. uh, hip flexion. That may cause you to be able to, to have a perception-wise, maybe an easier run yeah. because you have less restriction because you warmed up properly. So I would say just investing that time, you may see definitely the benefit in doing so. Um, and then overall, these techniques are um, are more of tactics. I would say not just tactics, but they have the purpose of prolonging your career, per se, as far as like being able to um, prime your body and prepare it because, um, you know, our bodies are, are very, are, are very durable per se, but you want to take care of it the best that you can. So taking the time to foam roll, taking the time to do this bit, I wouldn't even call it extended, but yeah. taking the time to do that proper warm up is going to benefit you, um, a lot more than not. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's, I think that falls like into like the prehab over rehab, you know, category. Um, because, you know, like you said, I mean, it is an investment of time, you know, because like you said, we want to get off of work and then just go run a couple of miles or before work or whatever. Right. And we just feel like the, 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 like the mistake or like the dangerous thing is that most days, you know, you feel, you feel good in the, in the beginning already, you know? Um, so that's like, that's the trick though, because unless you're doing like you're saying before workouts or for, before runs, um, you know, it's a progression, you know, just like everything else is a progression. Like your body goes through this progression that as you get to three, four weeks of running or two months or three months or whatever, and you haven't done all these little things to like to relax the muscle, something that yeah. didn't feel like anything, you know, three, two weeks ago, all of a sudden feels like something. And then it's hard to go backwards and, you know, grab a trigger point really quick. And try to work it out because you've already put six weeks of like, you know, miles on it. So yeah. what you're saying is definitely an investment, even if not even I know it's for like the longevity of your career, but just to even get you through to your half marathon or to your marathon that's coming up or your 5K. Like at least, you know, if you want to make it to that point, you definitely want to do these things and, you know, and listen to coach to coach because she knows what she's talking about. <laughs> Cause you, you hit on a really great point. If you think about it from the aspect of training volume, yeah. you know, and the number of runs you've done, the number of miles, like that's, that, that goes into training volume. So um, if you look at it from more of that glass half full, half empty, and, you know, you think about your training volume and how much of that training volume you actually prepared for yeah, I mean, because, like, it literally goes, like, from, like, if you want to keep the glass half full, do all <laughs> do all these things. If you want it to be half empty and, like, literally running on edge um, and hoping nothing happens, then then just 
run out the door and don't do any any of this stuff um, because it's so important. Like I I ran a lot and I don't think that mileage was like my issue um, when I when I got this got this injury. I think it was really more of all the stuff we're talking about and not doing the proper things to get my body ready for that because I do sit down all day for work uh, and I've done so for 13 years. So. <laughs> To think that I just because it's a good Tuesday I can go do two mile Tuesdays with everybody without like the proper you know warm ups, then I'm out of my mind and that's <clears throat> it kind of showed me that so um, yeah so I'm I'm really interested to get into it because I wanna I moved this camera for for a reason I want to do some do some stuff let's get into it okay awesome so like so, so what so what are some things we could do I'm gonna let you you talk you're the coach also, I don't, no this this has been a really good flow I'm, yeah. you know what, what were you gonna say? So you're, yeah, you're the coach. Let's just act like I'm I'm here to run, and I need your help getting going. What are we doing? Okay, so um, typically, if you have if you don't have any um, anything against getting on the ground, the warm up itself is going to start from the ground up. And if you have a foam roller available, I would say go ahead and use it. But you know, not everybody has a foam roller right then and there. But I'm just gonna take you really quickly through how to foam roll your large muscle groups. Okay. And then I think you saw me roll my um, feet with the tennis ball. Yep. And overall, with the tennis ball, I'll just go over that really quick. Um, you just want to, you know, basically roll it around your foot, grip, and release your toes. Mm-hmm. So you kind of just get that plantar fascia and that space between your toes beforehand. But now we're going to foam rolling. Um, you want to do about 30 to 60 seconds per muscle group um, when you are foam rolling. And typically, um, with, say, for instance, your limbs, you want to do one side at a time. So I'm just trying to make sure that you all can see me before I get on Yeah, I think, you, I think you're good. You, okay. might, you, might have to, you might have to go down. A, oh, no, you're good. If you stay right, right there, you're good. Yeah. So um, some areas that you for sure want to foam roll, especially when you're going out for are going to be your glutes. So um, if you come from more of the, like, the... The lateral aspect is going to end up being kind of the meat, which mm-hmm. is a muscle that when you sit down, it becomes compressed. Um, if you need a bit more pressure, which typically I do, you cross the top leg and you're going to just really knead into the glute itself. Yeah. Excuse me, by pushing your heel. Okay, yeah, you can see my heel. Yeah. Pushing your toe and your heel <laughs> um, back and forth to pull your body weight against the roller. Yeah. So, yes, I would do both sides, cross the other leg. And foam roll the other side. Always, any movement that you do, um, you want to do it on both sides. So that goes with, you know, anything that we get into later. Mm-hmm. Um, running is a coordinated, somewhat unilateral movement, and you don't just run with one side of your body. So any yeah, exercise right. that you do that's unilateral, you're gonna want to do it on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, go from our glutes. You want to do your hamstrings. So one hamstring at a time. Where you want to foam roll from is going to be that posterior knee mm-hmm. to like right below like your glute, right below your butt. Yep. So you're going to take yourself opposite leg, heel on the ground, go back and forth, wrist are right behind you, kind of like, you know, gliding along. Yep. Once again, 30 seconds on each side. Okay. So I'm just kind of going through because I don't want to take up too much time. Mm-hmm. So I did this side, 30 yep. seconds, 30 to 60 seconds. And now we're going to move on to another area that's important to foam roll, which is going to be your thoracic spine. So thoracic spine is going to kind of be that mid-back area. Place that you do not want to foam roll directly on are going to be your neck and your lower back. I'll actually show you how to properly foam roll QL or cross-medicine borium, which is your lower back, but it's just not directly on the spine. So here, you're going to want to put your hands behind your head. Treat this like a beach pillow. And just roll your back. If you've been sitting at your desk, oh my god, this feels so good. So it's it's like a soft tissue massage when you foam roll. Yeah. So um, just take the thirty to sixty seconds and foam roll your upper back, not on the neck and not on the lower back. Um, other than that, so, you're gonna want your quads. Quads, you're gonna make an L with your leg. So I'm gonna um, open up. Do one leg at a time. Yep. L leg, knee on the ground, and then use my core arms to pull myself back and forth. Yep. 30 seconds each side. Okay. Um, QL. 
Yeah, I'm about, I was, it's on board, which is lower back. Yeah, I was, uh, I was gonna say too. Uh, what you said because you were facing out of the way for a second. You said there's uh, two areas that you don't or do want to foam roll. Um, you said I think you said there's two areas you don't want. You say don't yes, want to. Yeah, for thoracic spine, you don't want to roll on your neck and you don't want to roll on your like the lower like your lumbar spine. Okay. So when we talk about thoracic spine or that upper back, it's gonna be okay to foam roll right um, there. Mm-hmm. But you never want to do cervical spine, which is your neck or right on the lumbar. Okay. Okay. Um. Thank you. Um. Outside of that, I'm going to show you how you can foam roll your lower back in the proper way to do it. Okay. So. It's not directly on the spine, and you want to think about like um, right above a jean pocket. That's where you're going to want to place the foam roller. So like, yeah, going this way, like right here. Yep, yep. You're gonna put your heels um, kind of in the ground, and you'll just kind of go like I don't know if you can see my body, but yep. I'm kind of going like in a diagonal. Yep, yep. So I'm not right on my spine, but I'm definitely digging into that lower back, if you will. Yeah. And that means that you're gonna want to do. Um, both sides. So if I want to do the other side, I'll put my elbow here and I'll be on to go this way. You probably actually see better that way. Yep, yep. But I'm like diagonal and I'm not like on my actual lumbar spine, just kind of right on the muscle. Yeah, so you're kind of like, kind of like offset to the, you know, you're not on your side, so uh, you're not like on your like oblique or whatever. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, so you're just like right in between there. So yeah, that's I've never so like his I've done I've done that I think or I think the first one you did for your back, but I did go you know like I just didn't know what I was doing, so I think I probably went lower, but I obviously didn't hurt anything. But yeah, I, I appreciate you telling me what not to do now. I've already been doing it for long all this time. Thanks a lot. But you know, I just want to also just yeah. I didn't anything, but thank you for inviting me on the show. Oh no, but yeah. This is you know what I do as a strength and conditioning coach a lot of times. I will go out and do things and just based upon education when you go forward you know what to do yeah so, yeah I mean, for sure you have the, the right idea but not enough yeah yeah so yeah i mean because that's that's the thing like a lot of us are you know doing things that you know we either saw somebody else do um or we just feel like oh that area hurts so i'm just gonna do this this way and i mean i think that's Along with like having like a running coach um, for different reasons, um, it's obviously a, a benefit to to talk to someone and work with somebody like yourself because you know you can see you can look at someone and say like oh this is maybe a different variation you should do because I could be so like that home the whole foam rolling thing when you did the um, like the back of your leg there like your um, your hamstring. You know, like, I could be doing it one way, um, and you could say, like, well, hey, you know, throw in this little variation to make it more difficult, because, like, when I do, and I know that you probably already know this, but, like, for people watching, like, when I do uh, a foam roll in that, that area, because my, like, my pain tolerance is higher now, be- just because of all the, the running, I'll do, I'll, like, cross my legs, one, you know, one leg over the other to have more weight. You know, so it's only all weight just on the leg, you know, instead of like that leg off to the side. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. and so that's the good part about having, you know, either either researching it or just working with somebody that can have you on the fly and doing things that really fit your body. Because um, I know you're working with uh, with Joe now, Joe Robinson. Um, and I'm, and I'm, I'm assuming, you know, he'll continue to work with you through his training, his training block. Cause he's going to be, he's working towards the, uh, the Toledo glass city as well. Um, and I would imagine, I mean, I'd love to hear kind of your thought on it, but I would imagine that throughout that process of him going through, you know, all these miles he's going to have to do, wouldn't, would his training plan with you like evolve like through that time because of you know, just the different needs and, you know, aches and pains and, you know, what, I, talk to me about that. Cause like, I'm really interested to hear like how you're going to roll with that one. Okay. Um, so that's a really great question. And then that also puts it in the frame of, um, Joe, Joe Robinson, um, one of the co-founders of U one three one three. He primarily runs. Um, and I've been helping him with cross training um, as he's taking his running mileage down. Um, as a lot of people are, I believe they're going to start their more of, um, their progressive increase in mileage and training in January. Yeah. Um, and so overall, the things that I'm working with Joe on are more so mobility, mm-hmm. um, stability, and then I've been working.
working with him are more like the multi-directional type of movements. Yeah. So um, we're doing things like lateral shuffles. I'm having him do clamshells, which I'll show you in a moment with like the. Oh, love, things. love clamshells. Um, <laughs> we're doing different. Um, so from okay, so yeah, from multi-directional. So we're doing like base rotations. Yeah. We're doing ladder drills, which will take you more into the rapid reaction. We're doing skips. We're doing marches. We're doing step ups. We're doing strength days. So a lot of it is just helping him to maintain yeah. as well as develop more of a functional strength that he already has. So um, there's actually this video that was on my Instagram of him explaining how good his run felt because he felt like his stride had improved mm -hmm. as far as the flexion extension of his hip. Um, and then overall, as a strength and conditioning coach, I have an eye for what's called the TEC model or um, basically the technical requirements of a movement. I evaluate it and then I give you corrections for it. So uh, with every person, like none of us move perfect. I don't move perfect. I don't think, I mean, no one really does. But we look at these certain patterns and we give people um, different corrections that can help them to move better within yeah. them. So um, we've been walk working on posterior chain strength. So that's something that I would say like he's definitely improved with. Um, he's improved in, in different areas, but just because of how my program is set up for Joe, as well as any, um, you know, recreational athlete, um, everyday athlete that I have, I continue to progress them as I see that their movement improves to continue to challenge them and to continue to improve their movement. So um, it's pretty cool. I, I, as you can see, I love the science behind it. Yeah. It, you know, I, I like to see because I can definitely, I can, I know what I see. Yeah. I yeah. love to see people's movement improve. So yeah. I yeah, things. Yeah, no, it, it did because I um the the TEC um part you know because it it sounds like uh your your the method would allow you to just continue to watch him you know and say like or not just him but just anybody you know you're saying like hey because week one he'll move much differently you know than oh, yeah. he than he's going to in like week eight you know or ten because you know the miles just continue to go and, and then you. But the good part is he'll be working with you throughout it, so it'll you'll be able to catch these little things and continue to make it better. Not better, but hold, you know, because, you know, for training purposes, like week one, you, you know, hopefully you're at your best, you know. And I guess the problem, you know, that I could imagine through like a training block like that is that by week 12, you know, unless you're a pro and you've done this so many different times that it is what it is and you got people that work with you all the time and give you massages seven times a day, by week 12, your stride will be just a little different, you know, because you've gotten, you know, you're so many miles into this whole thing. So I, I'm really excited to see, like, how you work with them and evaluate and change and then just, like you said, evolve your program for them. So I think yeah. that that's really cool, but then that applies to, like, people... Um, that aren't training for a marathon, but they want someone that they can work with that won't just keep having them do the same thing over and over, you know, because it sounds like you're just like, okay, we're here. Now let's progress. Let's move forward. Um, and I like the gym, though, because it's not like one of those ones where it's just like you go in and then just lift weights all day. You know, it's like, no, we're doing stuff that's going to get those little tiny muscles and the big muscles and make you just feel better you know because all of us you know a lot of us sit down for work and some of the things that you do with people um there help them just feel better at work too so um so yeah i i, I can't wait to see like how that work how that keep, continues to roll um so yeah and so talk to me about like one of the things that i liked the most was the um the world's greatest stretch <laughs> yeah i uh i just want to can you show people what the world's greatest stretch is please and no, and why and why it's the world's greatest stretch too. You gotta tell us why. Okay, so um, it's called the world. I'll start with why it's called the world's greatest stretch. It's called the world's greatest stretch because you engage all of your large muscle groups. Um, so during the we run three run three season, I had the opportunity to be the strength and conditioning coach, yeah. and I I did the warm ups with everyone. And the idea was that when you do. Um, a stretch and say for instance if we go back to like our time 
um, you're pressed for time. You know, you don't want to have to do five different stretches to get five different muscle groups. That's why it's the world's greatest stretch because you get the thoracic rotation, which is going to stretch your chest, stretch your rotator cuff, stretch your lats, all that good stuff. You get the um, hip flexion. So when you go into lunge, which I'll show you, mm-hmm. you get your quads, your hip flexors. Then you bring your toes off the ground, you get your whole posterior leg, so your calf, your hamstrings. And then um, throughout the movement, the glute is engaged. Mm-hmm. So um, I can show you all the um, world's greatest stretch. Tommy, just ask me, how are we doing on time? Oh, we got like, we got like nine minutes left. Okay. Um, so... The world's greatest stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll try to like go really quickly through that warm up just to show them from the ground up. Okay. I know I can do it in nine minutes. Oh, well, I, yeah, I know you can too. We've done it, everybody's done it before. Um, <laughs> and I gotta tell you though, like when you just described the world's greatest stretch and all the muscle groups that it that it, that it hits, like yep. if I didn't know what it looked like, I would swear that you were gonna be a pretzel somehow at the end of this because <laughs> you just said your forehead muscles, every muscle. <laughs> Um, yeah, so so let's 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 do the world's greatest stretch. Okay, so the world's greatest stretch. I might need to adjust the camera. Okay. Yeah, that's perfect. Whatever that is. Yeah. All right. Yeah, there we go. So, world's greatest stretch. You're going to want to start up nice and tall. You're going to lunge your leg back. You're going to take the elbow. That is inside your knee and reach it up. Yep. You're gonna take the same hand, put it on the outside of your foot, and then now from here where you want it, where you'll get your hamstrings and your calf is when you bring your toes off the ground. Yep. Then you're gonna stand up nice and tall. I'll show you the other side and explain the Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm up nice and tall. I lunge my leg back. Now this is where you're you're stretching your quad. Your hip flexors and the leg that's back. Then when I rotate my arm up, you probably see all of my back. Mm-hmm. So like that, that's your thoracic spine, your rotator cuff, your lat, your obliques, all of that you to stretch. And then from the front, I used to pull across my chest. Yeah. Then when I put my hands down, I'm in the like still in that lunge position. Toes up once again, the posterior leg. And then yep. I'm not tall again. Yep. So that's a real straight stretch. I, I, yeah, I was I was gonna do it too, but you you did it just fine. There you good job, <laughs> good job. I approve. Thumbs up. Um, yeah. So what so what's the what's the warm up that you want to do? Is that you want to do that? Yep, I can do that. Yeah. So that is gonna be towards the end when we okay. actually stick up that world's greatest stretch. You know, keep that mental picture. All right. Um, but really quickly, um, I'm gonna take you through a couple stretches from the ground that you would do for your warm up. We foam rolled already, right? All right, yeah, hold on. I'll, I'll find I'll do it. You talk me into it. There we go. There we go. Yeah, we, we're not going to go back to that. So, one of my favorite stretches for opening up your chest is going to be the 90-90. We'll do the thoracic rotation because I think you can see that. Yeah. But 90-90, your knees are going to be in line with your hips. Yep. Ugh. I'm going to turn this way. I think, yeah, nope. This way. Knees in line with your hips. Yep. Stack your hands. You're going to open up and make a T. So if you can probably read my Wayne State logo, you should be able to. Yeah. And then close it up. See my Wayne State again. And then close it up. So when you open up, um, you're going to feel a pull across your chest. Yeah. You're going to get that rotator cuff area. Your, um, your obliques, your lats. Um, some may be tighter than others. Mm-hmm. Actually, that thoracic rotation was a better than the arm sweep for most people because if you have restriction up there, that's going to be a good stretch. Do about five on each side. Okay. Tommy, did you see it or do I need to do it again? No, no, you did it. I'm just gonna, not going to do it because they can't see me. So you do it. You you were great. <laughs> okay. So from there, um, I'm going to take you to a quadruped position. So that's tabletop. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a good starter position, even though it's like on, you know, all fours or bilateral. Right. But you're going to lift your weight back, keep a nice tabletop back, come up top. Shift your hips back and come up nice and tall. That's when you hip flexors and quads. Mm-hmm. Good there? Yep, yep. All right. Starting position for hamstrings is going to be a bit knee hamstring stretch with a leg curve. So I have to turn so you see the leg curve. But, you know, here you want to be nice and flat on your back. You're going to bend your knee, straighten out your leg. So pull it towards you and straighten it out and keep the other leg straight. 
Rotate your ankle. Then your leg cradle. One hand goes on your knee. One hand goes on your ankle. And you're going to pull across your chest. Okay. So that is a leg cradle. Leg cradle is going to be the outside portion of your hip, your hamstrings, stuff that gets compressed from sitting. Mm -hmm. So once again, let that go. Bend your knee. Straighten it out. And hand, knee, ankle, pull across your chest. Yep. Five on each side of that. That's your posterior chain. Oh, scapular control. You can't see it if I lay down, I don't think, but okay. I'm gonna turn around so you can see what I'm talking about. So, um, W's are gonna be about scapular control. So I want you to imagine that you have your fingers between my shoulder blades and I'm trying to squeeze it. So okay. you're laying down on your back, but I'm not. You're gonna be here, elbow to side, you're gonna squeeze your shoulder blades together and relax. Squeeze your shoulder blades together and relax. So as you do that, once again, like your scapula area becomes restrictive, possibly sitting down. Mm -hmm. um, so those prong W's are going to be good for that. Then, if you want to do a little bit of stability, you can, if you feel comfortable, I would say start a pillow press position. So that's elbows, under shoulders. Hold this guy for about 30 seconds. Mm. If you have plates, cups, whatever, it should be on my back. Here, for stability, is the stability of my shoulders. Um, my core, my pelvis, everything should be nice and aligned. 30 second hold. Posterior chain, stability, glute bridge. Heels under your knees, start with what's called an ISO hold, so hold for 30 seconds. Heels under your knees, bridge up, squeeze your butt, keep your hips in line, core is tight. That's going to activate those glutes and hamstrings initially. 30 seconds. Now, it's cold outside. We're in Michigan. So you're going to want to get your heart rate up to your core temperature. So you can do whatever you want when you stand up. You can't drop in place or go for a jog dynamically. You can do some jumping jacks. You can march. Whatever you need to get your heart rate up. Then, there's many band. There's many bands for glute activation. So as Tommy was talking about earlier, you're going to put this above your knees. What we can do just an easy beginner movement. You can hinge and be what's called be in what's called a base position. But now I gotta turn this way so you can see what I'm doing. But you're gonna move your knee in towards your body. Back up your toes. This is internal and external rotation of the hip. So once again from sitting, your your glutes become inactive. So as I do this, I'm starting to feel an activation or a burn in my glutes. That's what we're looking for. Okay. Take my mini band off. And this will be the time that I do the world's greatest stretch. World's greatest stretch. I'm warm up, and then I go around. And the, I mean, in the cool part, you know, the, that you mentioned um, about you kind of said something about getting that heart that heart rate up. You know, if you're doing all these things, then right before a run, I mean, it didn't doesn't take very long. Sound like probably if you do them all, you know, for the 30 seconds that you were kind of allotted, you're talking about maybe three, four, or five minutes, maybe. Um, but then you get your heart rate up enough. Not you, you know. Hopefully, you're not like. You know, huffing and puffing. I mean, where this is kind of a, you want to kind of take yourself, take it a little easy. But then the good thing about getting your heart rate pumping, um, so when you get ready for that run, you're not just going from like static heart rate to like, you know, 180 beats per minute. You know, like to kind of warm yourself up a little bit so your heart's ready to go. Just like your hamstrings a muscle, your heart's a muscle too, and you should get that warmed up before you before you jump into that run. Yes. So, um, death, so just enough to kind of get your heart rate up, um, that is going to be that initial increase in circulation, that increase in core temperature, especially like now that it is um, colder outside, yeah. it takes a bit longer for your core temperature to actually rise for you to get warmed up. Yep, yep. Well, I, I super appreciate it. Um, this has been really fun. I meant I meant to do more and get down on the ground with you more often, but you know it was you know it it didn't work out the right way. But you no, know, I really do appreciate it. Connected Fitness guys, uh, hit up Coach. Um, tell them where they can find you, like your Instagram handle. I mean, obviously it's right here, but if they're watching this or listening to it on, on a podcast, um, where can they find you? Um, everyone, I am Coach Tyree. So on Instagram, it's the word Coach underscore, and then it's spelled K H A R I. And um, once again, I'm a strength and conditioning coach, and my company is called Connected Fitness. Um, 
on my Instagram page, it has all of my contact information. My email is connectedfitnessdet at gmail.com. Um, I also have a fully functional website, but, you know, you can definitely send me a DM if you just want to ask questions, you know, just like this, probably like the, um, the live. I'm very easy to talk to if you have any questions. Well, yeah, that's the, uh, so I so basically I'll repost I'll put all the information that you that you just said in in this post, but then also I'll have it on the podcast so that people can contact you. Uh, and I think it's really important to for them to know um, that you do um, safely, you do in, in person uh, work, you know, workouts, um, and then you also do uh, group not uh, not group right now right now group because of the whole thing. Um, but when everything opens back up, you'll do groups. But then you also do virtual training as well, uh, which I think is like key for right now because people really want to get going, especially with the new year coming. Um, they people are looking for options. So you, uh, Kyrie, has all the options. Um, so please hit her up, do some research, and check her out. And I've heard great, great things about you uh, from people that work with you directly. So thanks so much for the time. Um, I'll see you soon. I'm not sure when, maybe on the long run this Sunday or something like that. Um, but thank you so much, guys. And if you're out there listening still, make sure you do four things for sure. And that's run, eat, sleep, and repeat. Thanks, guys. Peace. Thank you, Tommy, for having me. Oh, no problem at all. Thank you for being here. It was great. Yo, dope episode. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, though, before... As you could see, it was a lot of examples when I was talking about some things that we were doing in in motion. So please go to Instagram, Chip Time Running, uh, at Chip Time Running, and follow us. Um, but then also make sure you check out that episode. Follow Kyrie as well uh, for more information about what she's got coming up. And one thing that I want to get, make sure that you guys remember, or really four things, uh, run, eat, sleep, and repeat. Love you guys.